What's up, beautiful people? Another day of me actually having to really work hard at work, you know? It's just, it's just not cool, you know? But it, it, I'm doing it, you know? Day two was better than yesterday. But I'm doing it. Uh, yeah. Isn't it crazy how you be like, when they really make you work hard at work, you be like, man, what is this life? But... Anyway, what did I do today? I really rested up because I knew I was going to have to work hard at work today. So I rested up, watched some football. Um, her Aaron Rodgers got hurt. My fantasy is so trash. Like, oh my gosh, it's just so trash. Like, how? Like, freaking, I got to drop so many people. It don't even make sense right now. I got to drop a lot of people. Lamar Jackson only had got me like freaking six points, dude. Like trash. All these freaking football players. He's overpaid. Oxes. I'm not happy with what I got. And then I kind of got screwed. So the dude that's still on the run, he is still on the run. And they say he's now armed. So, uh, he went to a couple of his old acquaintances' houses. They see that he shaved his hair off and everything. But yeah, old boy is still on the run, y'all. He's still out here. Uh, North Korea Kim Jong-un arrives in Russia Russia, ahead of meeting with Vladimir Putin. Um, Aaron Rodgers leaves Jet Savio on first drive. Potential injury. Some couple on the jet, a jet, easy jet flight caught joining the Mile High Club. They got caught, which they knew it was a chance. Um, Florida news. What's little? What's new? I guess a lot of people are mad at Drew Barrymore because her show came back during the WGA strike. And yeah. Death toll continues to rise in Morocco. Um, COVID is back a thing again so be safe out there take your vitamins take your oregano between allergies and COVID man it's real out here right now let's see what else we got here in the news I haven't really looked at the news like that today speaking of allergies I mentioned that because I almost want to sneeze but I'm holding it back so the Bill and Jets game was was pretty good. Like it went into overtime and freaking they scored a, a touchdown right away. I guess I should start reading football scores now, huh? Let's see. Back to this again. So yeah, the Bills and Josh Allen, he's got that new 
hairstyle interesting but yeah they lost 16 to 22 jets won cowboys <laughs> cowboys demolished the giants 40 to nothing wowza um packers beat the bears 38 to 20 dolphins beat the chargers 36 to 34 rams beat the seahawks dang russell wilson already losing 30 to 13 the Eagles beat the Patriots 25 to 20. The, Bron- the the Raiders beat the Broncos by 1 point 17 to 16. The Saints beat the Titans by 1 point 16 to 15. Uh, the 49ers beat the Steelers 30 to 7. The Jaguars beat the Colts 31 to 21. The Commanders beat the Cardinals 20 to 16. The Falcons beat the Panthers 24 to 10. The Buccaneers beat the Vikings 20 to 17. The Ravens beat the Texans 25 to 9. And the Browns beat the Bengals 24 to 3. And of course, the Chiefs lost by one point as well, 21 to 20. So that is your football information. Let's see what else we got here. A lot of people are calling for Ashton Kutcher's show, The Ranch, to to be removed from Netflix, which is not shocking because they removed all Bill Cosby shows once everything went down. So, interesting. I doubt they will, but you know. Other than that, y'all, I mean, there's tragedies always, but as far as, like, newsworthy stuff, kind of went over everything. Six-year-old was arrested after a high school security guard is shot in the head while breaking up a fight. That's terrible. Um, this is, we're going to talk about this um in our story time but steve harvey addresses the leaked phone call a co-host shirley strawberry speaking about his wife marjorie uh i guess she shirley was talking to her husband chow and her husband's in prison so he shared a conversation was leaked by Fulton County jail employee who needed money. And even though he is accustomed to being the subject of messy news, this instance hit dearly since a close friend caused it. Additionally, a call was leaked when the internet was already heavily discussing his marriage. The timing of it was ugly because of everything else that's been going on. And it made it look like Shirley was piling on and what that wasn't her intent. But it happened, he explained. Days ago, a conversation between Williamson and Strawberry was released where Harvey's longtime co-host spoke about his wife Marjorie in a call. Strawberry alluded to Harvey being scared of his spouse. We can see that. She stated that during a recent visit to their home, Harvey gave his co-host a tour of the property, which he had never would have done without Marjorie. In fact, Strawberry claimed that the glamorous wife looks at her husband's co-host as a help. Shortly after the call, um call hit the internet strawberry apologized to harvey and family and insisted she never thought her words would make it online unfortunately this only added to the harvey's family's recent listen steve harvey do look like he's scared of his wife but good for him that's what he get but he do look scared of that lady i mean i don't know what she doing but she 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 got him that's what i do know uh 
but we'll talk about that during the story time because I do have her talking about it other than that y'all let's get into reddit let's see what these redditors are talking about What's a good way to deal with someone who makes it everything about themselves? Have you ever had a child? That's what it's like. Children make everything about themselves. So, if you have children, you should be the expert at this. Um, it says, empathizing helps us understand why some people tend to talk a lot about themselves. They might be trying to connect. Yeah, I'm not about to read all that. Listen, if you make everything about themselves, that's fine. I'm good at tuning people out. But I probably won't do any one-on-one sit-downs with you anytime soon. How have you been dismissed by doctors? Doctors are really, they really suck, especially nowadays. But I had a doctor when I was pregnant with my last son tell me I just was having gas pains. and gave me like some freaking Zantac or something. Come to find out I was pregnant. But... I went, somebody said I went with a list of symptoms when I was around 16, was told to eat more fruit. Turns out that they have, uh, some, I, some disease where they couldn't burp. I just want a hysterectomy by the time the doctor will agree I'm old enough to get one. I'll be menopausal. Dang, I didn't know they, they do that. I know that when I went in my tubes tied, I was only 26 and they, they, uh, that's the age you have to be I don't know if it's changed but there's a whole negotiation process which is really interesting because you think as a woman you'd be able to do whatever you want with yourself but no they actually kind of make the rules a little bit which is not shocking but when I was 26 I was shocked so a lot of people are talking about PCOS how like PCOS is like a lot of women suffer from that but a lot of women don't even know they have it somebody said how do you deal with calorie restriction when you're trying to lose weight this is interesting we all deal with this they said drink at least 64 ounces of water and focus on your protein and vegetables you don't have to cut carbs completely but fill up on other things first like your plate of food eat the protein and vegetables first before dealing on the carby portion i'm just mad they've never made a carb diet like a good carb diet too and i don't mean good carbs like vegetables i mean good carbs like just bread if you can come up with a bread diet i would be all over that but yeah weight loss you know when we all get old we'll be frail and we'll miss the days we can eat whatever we want that's what I think about sometimes is I look at the elderly and they can't really eat stuff and I'll be like man I need to use these chompers as long as I can alright let's get to what the men are talking about
what made you feel jealous of another man's wife or girlfriend besides her looks this is interesting question i can't say i get jealous but i do notice when i see a woman who genuinely loves her man my husband has an amazing woman and you can tell she genuinely loves him not like she's doting all over him but more she is truly has his back Hmm. A lot of guys have opinions on this. I guess there a lot of people are just saying when they see how she snuggled into his arm instead of demanding it, the physical affection they receive from their wife. When he asked her what she wanted without hesitation, she told him exactly what she wanted. <laughs> My friend married a chemist at a pharmaceutical company and she makes bank. <laughs> my girlfriend is kind of clingy, but my buddy's girlfriend is more independent and they can both go off and do their own thing, come back and be totally fine. Anytime I do something for my girl, it's guaranteed she'll call me freaking out about something trivial, trivial at least once. Can't stand a clingy partner. Yeah, let's get into these story times because y'all know I could be all day reading Reddits and the way my eyes are set up today, it's just not cut out for the kids. So let's get over here right quick, buddies. We can do it if we try. Back to doing dicks. So I'm talking to this girl. We supposed to go on this date to go get sushi, right? So I was like, okay, okay, okay. Then all of a sudden today, we talking about it, we confirm it, can't get cool. She's uh, she like hour away from me and I want to go to her just in case I don't like her so I can leave, right? So we agree for like six, so that means I got to leave it at five, right? So it's like four o'clock and she's supposed to be off work and also she's like, oh, I can't get off work. I hate a flake hoe. Because right, cause, cause I used to do that. So I, I definitely know. So then she's like, oh, we can either go like another day. We could just go like later tonight. I already know, baby. If we don't link today, we're never linking. So I'm like, we could just go later. And also she's talking about seven. But like where she live at, it's like I got to go through the boonies. And I'm like, I cannot go through no single road, no street lights, backyard boonies. I cannot do that. At, at, look at this. I mean, I know it's not much, but oh my God. So then, like, basically, we're like, we just gonna have to do it another day. So then I give her my availability and she doesn't respond. So my friends are asking me, like, what does she look like? What does she look like? And I try to go on Tinder where we matched at, and all of a sudden, she unmatched me. And it, it, I wasn't really tripping because, like, we was already texting, so, like, we kind of don't need to text on Tinder, but at the same time, it's like, uh, you unmatched me. So I'm like, okay, whatever. So I. I gotta do some investigative sales now. And I feel drop dimes on y'all. So I took her number. I, told her, I put it into Cash App. I look at her Cash App username. I see it's probably a frequent username she uses. I typed in the username. And hold on. I asked her before, do you have any social media? She said, I hate social media. I'm anti-social media. But I do have a Facebook and Twitter. But I don't just, I don't be on it like that for real. But I do have a Snap. First of all, baby, Snap is for hoes. Okay. <laughs> now listen up. I take her username and I put it in on Twitter. Because I'm like, what, what the hell is your Twitter? Like, you know, Twitter will show you the real you. When I see the reason why she didn't want to give me her Twitter, bitch got OnlyFans. But, 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 I don't judge. I, I don't judge that. So I'm like, okay, OnlyFans. I click on it. Bruh, Cash was talking about something. Daddy. 
captions are speaking to the men. So definitely giving for the male gaze. Okay. And then all of a sudden there's like a poll that she put on there and it's just like, um, oh, vote if you want to see me do something with a beautiful woman on here. I would, that's why. Oh, my heart broke. But anyways, my friend, my, I had to see, I, I'm not gonna lie. I had to see what was up. I had to see what was up. So my friend sent me $5 like prior and she was charging 10 I'm not gonna lie. Sure, you taxing. Most time, maybe $3.99. So she definitely taxing all this coochie. But anyways, so I buy the subscription. I do. Okay. I do. And I look at it, and I'm disappointed. I, I it, If you gonna do it, do the damn thing. I'm more embarrassed that you're not doing the damn thing. Bro, when I tell you she posts on a little shit with emojis on it. What are we talking about? What are you? For ten dollars, I need to see that mahogany. But anyways, I'm talking about bra and panties on there, and I'm matching. <laughs> Put your little shit up, okay? I'm talking about wire bra sitting up high up on the city, like like it's too small to fit. What you doing with all these ten dollars, bro? Cause you need to invest in some new lingerie. So anyways, I got it until October eighth, and she gonna text me a couple days later talking about some. Oh my god, I thought I texted back. Like, I thought I sent a message, but I guess I didn't. He was over there getting cracked. I look at her OnlyFans. Two more media uploaded. What a dick set, for real. So that's what she opened up with, that she was going back to penis because the women... I mean, I don't envy y'all lesbians because y'all, women, we do play a lot of games. And so I can't... I mean, men play games too, but women, we're kind of more crafty at it and not her judging her OnlyFans. She didn't have matching underwear. That's hilarious, but yeah. What is the link that y'all went on, good or bad, that you will never forget? I'll go. I gotta share this tea. <laughs> so I used to hang out with this Nigerian dude, you know. It was cute vibes. It was chill. He used to take me on little dates, whatever. We would get a crack in, all that. Like, I'm talking about this man would leave the key under the mat for me. Like, he wanted me to stay at the house while he at work. All that. So this one night, you know, we was doing our little one-two, whatever. And he asked me, like, can he bathe me? And I'm like, I ain't never ever had that happen to me before. I'm going to see what that be like. Y'all, he gives me this nice bath. I mean, he scrubbing the cat, the back. And I'm just sitting there allowing this to happen because I don't know if this is something y'all doing, y'all. I'm going with it. After that, he moved to the bed. It's starting to get a little freaky. I proceed to go down to that area because I'm finna show you what's up. Like, I'm, he done bathed me like I'm fucking Prince of Zamunda. Oh, I'm finna get it cracking. So I'm down there like a fucking professional, like I'm on a motherfucking flick, okay? <laughs> Going to town. When I tell y'all this man grabbed under his knees and pressed them bitches against his chest. Bitch, I said, who this for? Baby, I just know that little hole that was smiling back at me was not waiting for me to do anything with it. When I tell y'all I politely got up, put on my clothes, grabbed my purse, and left. Sorry, baby, I'm just not that bold. I'm just not that type of freak. <laughs> this eating booty thing that y'all young people do. I'm it's out of my league. I ain't gonna lie. What's up, y'all? I'm back and I did my research so you don't have to. Picture here is Virginia native Renee Bach. Renee claims to be on a mission from God to save the children in Africa. But ultimately, she ended up unaliving over 105 children. And if you're wondering, no, she didn't serve any jail time for this. 
she actually moved back to Bedford County, Virginia. Let's go ahead and get into this timeline of events. So as I hinted earlier, Renee comes from a Christian background. In 2007, Renee worked as a missionary at an orphanage in Africa. She was there for a total of nine months. At the age of 19, she returned back home, and she decided that she wanted to start her own charity in Jinja, and she was able to do so. In her case, she was lucky enough to receive funds that were raised through her church circles back in Virginia. With the money raised, she rented a large house in one of the poorest districts in Jinja. From 2010 to 2015, Renee ran an organization called Serving His Children. And at this nutrition unit, she took in 940 malnourished children. She frequently blogged about her stories, painting herself to be a hero, but ultimately, she suffered from a white savior complex. As you can see, Renee was medically treating these children and providing all the care that she could. But Renee wasn't a doctor. She had no medical training at all. She was just a homeschooled 20-year-old with a white savior complex so severe that she went to go play doctor and knowingly put each child she came across life at risk. The community of Ginger Uganda referred to her as the white doctor. And for a very long time, she kept up with that act. But the act stopped when it came to diagnosing patients. Remember, Renee had no medical training, so she relied on God, gut feelings, and the Bible. One woman brought her three-year-old son to Renee due to his severe malnourishment. Three days later, her son was unalive. Renee provided no explanation, gave her $13.50 in her son's body to take home. And that's just one story of 105. She was sued by the Ugandan civil court, settled, and now lives comfortably back in Bedford County, Virginia. And when I say comfortably, I mean comfortably. Back in 2020, she got engaged. She left this community of Uganda to suffer. She experimented with their children knowingly, came back to the United States, went to Virginia, took no accountability for her actions. And now there's even a documentary being released on September 29th that Renee is starring in defending her actions and chastising the people who feels that she did any wrong. I always wonder about those people that go over there messing with them kids, like, and just the government that allows it. It's just wild to me. I mean, and this has been happening for years. Like, I get, you, I mean, and I and I get like missionary work or whatever, but I just always wonder why it's places like Africa and stuff like that. Not that they don't need the help, but it's just always kind of strange to me. I was going to find that gun and I was going to either kill them or they were going to kill me. I was born to a 13-year-old little girl. I endured beating after beating after beating. Extension cords were her weapon of choice. She would beat me profusely to the point to where my skin would be black, blue, and purple. And I was getting a little bit older and I was just like, I can't take this anymore. One night, my mother was beat so bad by her then husband that I think that night something finally clicked in her head. And she actually tried to fight back. She pulled out a gun and she tried to shoot him with it, but he pulled the gun from her hands and he beat her with it and threw the gun away. Why is my mother so weak? Why is she allowing this man to beat her? And many times I asked a cousin, an aunt, an uncle who my father was. Nobody would ever answer me. And then another memory fell. This friend one day says to me, 
That's why you and your mother have the same father. My mother went to visit her father over the summer of 1978. And when she came home, she was pregnant with me. She had no idea that her father was a So I've been the family secret all this time. Everybody's whispering behind my back. Nobody's telling me the truth. The morning after the beating, my brother and I were arguing because he wanted me to iron him a different pair of clothes and he was at the bathroom door yelling at me. My mother's husband heard the argument. He went to my mother yelling at her and she came into the bathroom with that extension cord and she gave me a beating that was by far the worst beating that I had ever received. I was bruised all over, welts were forming up on my body. But the emotion that I felt as I was running out of that house to get on the school bus was different from any emotion I'd ever felt after a beating. Everybody got picked up in front of their house. And as I'm on this school bus in searing pain, and I had it made up in my mind that if I went back to that house, I was going to find that gun and I was going to either kill them or they were going to kill me. I got into my first hour class, my geometry class with Mrs. Burnside, a white teacher. But I built a rapport with Mrs. Burnside and Mrs. McGraw, the other white teacher. Out of all the teachers in the building, they were the only two that I actually trusted with my truth. Because my mother's husband was a major dealer. His entire family were major dealers. And everybody knew it. So the black community, even in Michigan, Michigan and Mississippi, were terrified of this man. But I knew that if I was able to just share my truth with Mrs. Burnside that something would happen. So I wrote her a letter and after class, I stuck the letter under her book and I walked out and went to my next class. And within minutes, she was at the door with tears in her eyes talking to Mrs. McGraw. And they called me and they said, we're taking you to the office. CPS was called. They just asked if they could look at my body. And I said, yes. And I'm standing with my back turned to them as they're looking at my body and they're taking pictures. And even now, 30 plus years later, I can still hear the sniffles and the tears and the cries and the way that they were trying to muffle the sounds of their cries from looking at my body. I ended up in foster care that day. My first foster home, they had good hearts, but they were definitely a family that no foster child should ever be with. Because one of the daughters, her boyfriend, was a major I just left a major and now I'm in a foster home with a daughter whose boyfriend is a major and while they were all night the children and her boyfriend were all nice to me I still had to experience the domestic violence between the two of them I woke up one morning getting ready for school and I could hear my foster mother on the phone screaming and yelling into the phone and I hear her say I'm sick and tired of my check coming late y'all keep sending me my check late I don't work for free. Y'all can have this girl back. And her daughter came upstairs and she said, take this trash bag and put your stuff in a trash bag. 7.30 in the morning before DHS evens open up. And in Mississippi where we were, the caseworkers, their offices were in double wide trailers. A porch attached to this double wide trailer. My foster sister pulled up to that porch, told me to sit on the porch and wait for the foster worker to show up. So at 7.30 in the morning, I'm around 14 or 15 years old with my belongings in a trash bag in the dark, pretty much, because the sun hadn't even quite come up good, waiting for my social worker to show up. So my foster worker, foster care worker, she comes, lets me into her office, and she's upset, scrambling, because clearly she wasn't expecting me. They did end up finding me another foster home that day, thank God. I didn't have to go into a group home. I went into my second foster home, which 
started out being a really, really, really good foster home. My new caseworker had become fond of me. She had realized that I was extremely intelligent, that I was extremely vocal, and that I would make a great speaker. I didn't know until she brought it to my attention that the Kellogg Foundation had sponsored a group of foster teens in the state of Mississippi that had just formed. The team was called the Speak Up Now team, and they were recruiting foster youth. Not only had I been prepared to tell my story, but in sitting in these meetings with other foster teens, listening to their story, my story didn't seem so bad. They put us in front of a crowd. We spoke. I spent my 16th birthday speaking in front of a large crowd. And I will never forget, as I was telling my story, looking dead in the face of my first foster worker who put me in the home of the foster family that I was in first that I had no business being in. And I remember saying, it does not matter if your shift ends at 5 o'clock. If you don't have suitable placement for a child to go into, you either work over to make sure we are in suitable homes or you give us to your supervisor or someone else who can ensure that we are in safe homes because I should not have had to suffer. I should not have had to deal with being discarded like I was trash because my social worker just wanted to get home at five o'clock. So it was okay with her to just place me in the first foster family that would say yes. And as I was standing there looking at her, something erupted in me inside. And this power came over me like, this is where your freedom is. This is where you are going to find your voice. And I thought, okay, I can do this. Before I ended up in foster care, I'd actually attempted suicide. I had to be between 13 and 14 years old. It was one of the nights where my mother had left me with her children yet again. And I planned this suicide attempt. Entire bottle of Tylenol swallowed them. Got probably 75% of the bottle down. And something came over me and I now know that it was the Holy Spirit. And it forced the pills back up. And I lay there in that bathroom vomiting profusely, vomiting violently. I now know that it was without a shadow of a doubt the voice of God at this point. And he was saying to me, Lakeisha, I just need you to trust me. If you trust me, I will use you. I will use your voice one day, but you have to trust me. And I just began to cry because I'm now understanding that the God that I have been cursing out, the God that I have been yelling at the God that I have been refusing to believe. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to trust you. I don't want to deal with this. But he wouldn't let me die. Those pills should have killed me, but they had no effect on me. God took me back. And before he left me, he said to me, every time you refuse to forgive your mother, it's not your mother that you know that you refuse to forgive. It's that 13-year-old little girl. I was 16 years old when I forgave my mother for everything that she had done to me. And even now, at 44 years old, we have never had a healthy relationship because she is stuck in her trauma. And months and months later, the Speak Up Now team, the Sun team that I was a part of, we were successful. In 1996, the state of Mississippi modified their termination of parental rights bill. I was in my junior year of high school when my foster family started to decline. My foster parents were having marital issues. Their daughter was constantly stealing from me. She was quite jealous of me. And my foster father had made some comments to me that were inappropriate to the point to where I didn't want to be in the house with him alone anymore. And so I called my grandmother and I said, they're going to send me to a group home unless you come and get me. They came to get me. My grandmother became my saving grace. The church that I was at with my cousins, I knew that it was cult-like. I knew that I didn't want any parts of it. 
but I can never deny the fact that the prophet of that house, who is indeed a prophet, definitely heard from God. And I had been going to this church for quite a while. And the members of this church, the leaders, none of them ever really paid me any attention. But this man called me up from the back of the church one day and he said, you, come here. And I'm looking around going, who was he talking to? Because he never talked to me before. And he said, yes, you, come here. And so I got up and I went to the front of the church and I stood before him and he looked at me and all he said was, God said, you are about to make a decision that is going to change the rest of your life. Don't do it. And I thought, and if I had known that, I would have actually listened. But at almost 18 years old, I should have listened. I knew what I was planning to do. I was planning to have my fiance come and get me and take me back to Mississippi. That's what I should not have done. But I did it. I went back to Mississippi, breaking up, ended up breaking up with my boyfriend and ended up connecting with a childhood classmate from Mississippi. We connected when he came off from the military and ended up hooking up. I moved back to Michigan in the midst of us hooking up and we kind of separated our ways because he was in the military anyway. Even though I had come back to Michigan, that hookup would lead to an 18 year detour in my life and I ended up getting pregnant. I spent my daughter's first 18 years of her life healing from traumas, running from other traumas, focused on being the best mother that I could be to her. That that was a wild story. And uh, so many people deal with that. And then they have children with trauma they haven't healed from. And, you know, hats off to her for you know coming through but you definitely have to have God heal those wounds that you know you don't even know how you don't even have the tools you don't some people don't even know where to begin that's why it is very important to have a relationship with God because only God can can heal the things that you know and protect us from things and just even her mom I mean she'll never get that apology or closure with her and you and it's very important that you know you get that from God and so I'm glad that she is able to share her testimony because wow a lot of people could not endure that and still live to to parent and try to figure this thing we call life out watch till the end wasn't expecting that with this video but I had to post it I want to tell y'all about this bizarre-ass, crazy-ass story that happened to me earlier today at the Family Dollar Store. As a woman, I don't understand why other women, when they get around their men, they feel like you fucking want him or you want to talk to him or whatever. And I'm going to give you a prime example. So here I am at the Family Dollar Store buying toiletry for my house. I'm getting ready to check out. And as I'm getting ready to check out, um, that's when this girl is like rolling her eyes at me, batting her eyelashes and shit like that, kissing her boyfriend like, I love you. You was a godsend angel, babe. Give me a kiss and shit. Just doing the absolute most whole time her boyfriend looking at uh looking at looking at me winking his eyes shit i'm like this some crazy bizarre ass shit so anyway she get up to the line it's time for her to check her little shit out and shit like that and then when she get up to the cash register she get a cash lady you know her items and shit like that and then she gets to be get 
she gets so loud and bizarre. Like, I wish these hoes get out my motherfucking nigga face. And I love him. And it's my ride and die. And the fuck is wrong with these bum ass bitches. And if you want you a motherfucking man, you need to go get you one. And I'm looking like, who the fuck is this crazy ass motherfucker talking to? Because it was only me behind her and then three other dudes. So I'm looking at her like, girl, is she crazy? So she keep running off at her mouth. Running off at her mouth. No, stop. Keep running off at her mouth. And then... I I finally got to a point and said, Bitch, I will take your motherfucking nigga from you. That's what the fuck I do. Bitch, not only will I take your motherfucking nigga from you, bitch, I'll take his motherfucking milk and cookies, bitch, and drop the fucking soap. Ho, fuck you talking about. It's secrets behind this motherfucking look, La Mama. Your ass better stay in your fucking lane and stay in your fucking place. That's what the fuck you better do, okay? Shorty, don't nobody want him. Because if I wanted him, bitch, trust me. His ass was winking at me. I'd get some of that booty if I wanted it, bitch. Stop playing with me. Huh. Fuck is you talking about? Y'all hoes don't know who the fuck y'all be fucking with, okay? It's more than secrets behind this look, okay? Be educated, bitch, before, before you run your motherfucking mouth. And on that note, we're going to keep having a good day. Zara B. <laughs> I knew it when that squeaky little thing. Always, every time, y'all. Every time. All right, Steve, I'm going to just start by saying that um, my estranged husband is in jail. Um, he's been in jail for over a year uh, since about the right after the 4th of July of 2022. And recently, some um, phone calls from last year between he and I were leaked. And uh, on those calls, you hear me saying um, you were winded going up the stairs at your home. And um, Marjorie looks at us as the help. And right here and now, um, I want to apologize to you and Marjorie for what I said. Um, As much as I wish I could, I can't take it back. I can't. I said it. And, you know, I want to apologize. It was definitely... um, not me trying to add to what you and Marjorie already have going on in your lives right now. Um, but the fact that these tapes were released, it does seem like everyone is coming to you at coming for you. I should say at this time, including me, but in reality, the tapes have nothing to do with what you and Marjorie have going on. It was just me running my mouth in a private conversation or what I thought was a private conversation And again, I apologize. I feel terrible. I make no excuses. You know, I I, I said what I said, and um, there's no denying it. There's no taking it back. Um, Back then, when the phone calls happened, I was trying to stand by my man, be supportive wife, you know. Um, I've been married to this man for eight years. Um, I had no idea that all this was going on with him. I had no idea. And the charges that he's facing are horrific. They are really bad. Um, And um, I for sure did not want your name mentioned in any kind of way associated with my mess. So I had to call you. I had to tell you it was a hard call, hard call for me to make. Um, But I called you. And um, I want to clear something up, Steve. Um, You did not introduce me to him. Um, I met him through a friend, um, I should say an ex-friend now, 
Um, anyway, so, so back to what I was saying, I had to tell you, he was in jail. It was going to come out. I didn't want you to hear it from anyone else. I wanted you to hear it from me because I knew once the police and everyone, um, you know, got involved and they were already involved and they found out who his wife was and who she worked with and all of that, um, you know, and, and that's you, Steve Harvey, it would become, you know, a real big story because, it's you, your name. And like I told you, Steve, when I called you, I didn't want to call you. I mean, I was embarrassed. I was hurt. You know, I, I felt so stupid and, you know, I felt betrayed, humiliated, you know, it, it was just terrible. I mean, I kept saying to myself, how is this my life? You know, police and jail and all of this. Um, it, it, it was just something that I didn't, you know, I'd never experienced anything like this. The police came, they took my car. Um, I was at the salon getting my hair done. They rolled up, took my car. Um, I had to have my stylist take me home. I had to move in with friends. I lost my house. I lost everything. Oh, and, and I, um, I have to tell you this too. Um, like on the day, July 4th, um, we were having dinner with friends and we were going to watch the fireworks after that. And so the fireworks didn't happen that night because it was like a terrible, terrible storm. So the fireworks got canceled. And um, when I look back, I, I see now that that was kind of a metaphor for what was about to happen in my life. The thunderstorms were coming. They were coming. Uh, the next day was the last time I saw him. He was arrested the very, very next day. Um, you know, I didn't even know he was arrested. I couldn't get in touch with him. Uh, I got a call from the jail and, you know, I didn't answer it because I'm like, who would be calling me from jail? I looked at my phone like jail. Where'd this call? You know, it, it just didn't compute. Um, so I just ignored it. Um, but he got word uh, to me through one of his friends. They texted me that he was at Fulton County Jail. So um, the next time he called, I picked up and that was him that had called earlier um, from jail. And, you know, he told me what happened. I, I thought he would be getting out in a couple of days because that's what he told me. But of course, you know, here we are a year later, those days turned into weeks, the weeks turned into months. And like I said, I don't, uh, this, this is just on and on every day. It's just something. And, and my life has just been a nightmare ever since. And it's still going on, Steve. I mean, I had no idea that those tapes would be released to the world. You know, I, I knew that they were being recorded, but I didn't know that they were going to go out to the world. I mean, I was just trying to make conversation with him, uh, trying to, you know, just get him to think about something other than where he was. You know, um, I was telling him about my day this particular day, and that was the the day we were talking about, um, you know, uh, on the phone when I, I said those things about you and the, the things that you heard and um, the world heard. Um, and cut to today, um, I haven't spoken to him in quite some time. Um, divorce proceedings are underway. And Steve, at this point, all I could say is what I have is my faith. Um, if it wasn't for God, I probably would have, 
you know, lost my mind or something in this instance. Um, you know, people don't see what happens when these mics go off. Um, you know, who wants their personal stuff, their private conversations to go out to public? No one. No one wants that. I mean, what can I say to you after this, you know, happened? I, I was devastated. I, I mean, absolutely devastated. I mean, I thought of everything. You know, I could lose my job. You know, how could I face you? E everything. You know, what I'm going through is what I'm going through. You know, and I've been going through it for over a year. I just haven't spoken about it you know then on top of all that these tapes come out and oh, you know I'm talking about you and Marjorie and you guys are going through your own private hell right now you know you didn't need me to contribute to anything you know and, and I, I thought back you know because I, I I knew I had to say something speak on you created this created this term years ago in Los Angeles called Reality Radio. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is about as real as as it gets, you know. Um, <laughs> and the reason I'm here before you now, I wanted to say it live on the radio is because your name is in it. You know, we've been friends for a long time, Steve. And, and, and these jail calls were made public. And I wanted to give you and Marjorie a public apology and to ask for your forgiveness publicly I, I i just wanted to have a real moment with you and um you know i have to tell you i've been coming to work every day because you know it's my only safe haven right now it gave me a place where i could still be myself and forget my troubles for a little while you know and just you know do my job you know i i, I want to thank you guys i, I want to thank you of course steve tommy Junior and of course my girl Carla, you know, for the space and the grace that you guys have shown me. Um, you know, this is a very difficult time in my life is if you can imagine. You know, I, I just I love you guys. We're family and I thank you and I just want to thank everyone. I, I'm just trying to live. I, I'm sorry for what you and your wife are going through right now in your life and, and I hate your names were dragged into my drama because you certainly don't deserve it. Surely going through it. And Marjorie probably ain't never liked her. Surely. And ain't gonna definitely like her after this. But I still stand by what I said. Steve Harvey's scared of Marjorie. She's really happy. No, there's nothing happy. There's nothing you happy. fucking with my baby daddy? No. <laughs> no. You fucking with my baby daddy? No, bro. Just tell the girl hell no. Look at him. This incident. No. You think I, no. I'm telling you what it is, dude. It, you you got me fucked up. Bro, this is gas moving, bro. I'm finna send the girl some gas. Put on some yeah. gas. don't matter, bro. I'm finna handle my business. Go do what the fuck you gotta do, bro. It's light. Yeah. Just let me handle my business, bro. Please, baby, because I don't want them. I it's light, bro. I'm I, it's nothing like that. You just see this girl look good and that's it, bro. This shit uh, light, bro. By the word, she my is a pretty girl. So let me handle she my business, She is a pretty girl. Yes. Yeah. I'm not jealous. She is a pretty girl. Why are we coming up with this company? Why? 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 Handle your business. Handle your business. You got your little clone on and shit today? You running up behind bitches and shit? You herpy ass bitch? Herpes? What? I would take that. I got herpes. Hey, nice knowing you. Um, What's your name again? Tara, Tara. Nice knowing she say herpes. And you say herpes? Don't never...
She was just trying to buy some weed, y'all. Her mother's mysterious past. Watch. This is my mom and dad. And as far as I know, my father went to his grave never knowing my mom's secret. My parents met during World War II. My mom was an absolutely stunningly beautiful woman. My dad, he had a great sense of humor. He served in the Pacific. He was very proud of that. In 1944, after the war, Harold Kalina married Alvira Frederick. They settled in a working-class neighborhood in Parma, Ohio. In 1946, their daughter Gail was born. Throughout her childhood, Gail says her mother mystified her in some ways. She was very meticulous about her makeup. She would wear a light foundation makeup to bed at night, which I thought was a little strange. She would never go out in the sun unless she had a wide brim hat. She would cover her hands with gloves. Really didn't like to be in the sun. But Gail says the biggest mystery was her mother's selective memory when talking about her own father, Ozimar Frederick. I said, Mom, when was he born? When did he die? Oh, I don't know. I, I can't remember. Growing up, Gail never saw one photo of her grandfather. Finally, in 1995, when she was 48, she decided to search for his identity, combing through microfilm. At first, I couldn't find him. Then I put in the 1900 Louisiana census records, and suddenly I see the name Azima Frederick. There are all these Fredericks in the same household. Then I noticed something else very curious. Next to all their names is the letter B. So I go to the head of that column to see what it stands for, and it says race. So that B, does that mean black? Gail wanted to confront her mother, but first she reached out to the state of Louisiana, requesting her mother's birth certificate. I pretended I was my mother and that I had lost my birth certificate. I opened that birth certificate and there in parentheses were three letters, C-O-L. So I wrote to the state again and said, my birth certificate said C-O-L, would you please explain to me what that means? They sent me a very official letter back and they said, COL is for colored. I, I just was speechless. I didn't know if my mother knew, but I'm thinking, how could she not know this? And why has she never said anything to me? We're joined now by Gail Lukasik, who has written about her mother's secret past in a new book, White Like Her. Welcome, Gail. Thank you very much. Great to see you here. So. You did finally work up the nerve to ask your mother about this birth certificate. It took you two years, but you, you finally sat down with her. You knew it had to be face-to-face. -face. Yeah. Yes, it had to be. I, this is not a conversation you have on the telephone. Yeah. Yeah. And you asked her why, why she's listed as, quote, colored on the birth certificate. I did. I, you know, I told her I found her birth certificate. It said colored. And she became very indignant with me. And she said, I don't know what birth certificate you have. But mine says I'm white. I mean, back in those days, that was a thing. I wouldn't be surprised if, I mean, please. 
but that is all we have today i stretched it all out to get these out to you guys you guys have an amazing day and i'll be back tomorrow manana